and welcome to Wednesday on the Puro Pelka Podcast. It's Mike asking the question, where do we go today? Which of the gigantic stories do we cover today? Well, we're going to try and get to all of them because they are all important. They are all vital. They are all critical right now. As we are 383 days away from the next election that will select the president, that will decide who controls the House of Representatives and the Senate. All three of those are at play or in play right now. All three of those could be decided 383 days from right now. And then we have what's happening halfway around the world in Israel where the Israelis are still amassing their troops and their battle plan on the border of Gaza to go after the Hamas terrorist. And yesterday, the story that just has me so irritated and angry, the story that broke in the middle of the afternoon about the Christian hospital that was hit by a bomb, a rocket, and at least three to 500 people, including a lot of kids, are dead. And the mainstream media was quick to jump on whatever Hamas put out there, whatever the hateful, angry terrorist Muslims were saying that, oh, Israel bombed a hospital. No, no, Israel brought the receipts and didn't bomb a hospital. That's not what they do. But the mainstream media was quick to leap upon that pounce, as they like to say, and and claim that this was this was Israel's fault. It's not. Even Joe Biden got it. Joe Biden in Israel landed about 4.15 this morning. He, uh, he said some things that raised some eyebrows, of course, because when he speaks off teleprompter or doesn't have notes in front of him, he tends to screw up because his brain is oatmeal, simply. But uh, Joe said this this morning in Tel Aviv. I was deeply saddened and outraged by the uh, explosion at the hospital in Gaza yesterday. And based on what I've seen, it appears as though it was done by the other team, not, not you. But there's a lot of people out there not sure. So. By the other team. One of the more curious statements by Joe Biden. Really? The other team. Are they wearing jerseys now? Do we have a program so we can see who's who? No, this was not Hamas, but this was an Islamic militant group with even less precise technology than Hamas has. Still, the incident getting blamed on Israel by many in the mainstream media, by many in our, uh, in our national government, by, by the likes of Rashida Tlaib, who jumps on it. They're crazy. Uh, Biden also appeared to uh, have a brain fart today during that same address to the people he was just giving some remarks after he got off the plane and had a brief meeting with uh, benjamin netanyahu years ago i asked the secretary of state when he and i were working in the senate to write something for me and he said uh, he wrote a line that uh, i think is appropriate he said uh, it's not we lead uh, not just uh, well i won't go into it i'll wait later taking too much time but the point is this that uh, uh what joe yeah he lost his train of thought he forgot what he was going to say right in the middle of the setup to it that's what happens that's when he says uh, anyway or uh i've taken up too much time 
it's embarrassing in the world season. And meanwhile, in the region, our embassy in Beirut, Lebanon is under attack. It kind of looks like the the same situation that happened in 1979 when the Iranian militants, who we were told were students, took over the American embassy and took 53 Americans hostage, held 52 of them hostage for 444 days while Jimmy Carter was president until uh, Ronald Reagan was sworn in. And then suddenly they decided, oh, we better let those hostages go. I wonder, I wonder if the people inside the embassy are okay. Are they safe? Well, we do have an aircraft carrier strike group just offshore. I hope they are not needed. But there is a very dangerous situation, and, and the fires in the streets outside our embassy right there in Beirut, Lebanon, are a little unnerving. And then the Iranian embassy, uh, I think that's in Yemen. They issued a warning to the U.S. that uh, this is about to get ugly. So why is Joe Biden there? Should we really have our president in the center, in the crosshairs of a war? I'm thinking Joe Biden was going there and they had the trip planned and late yesterday afternoon he was getting on Air Force One to take off and we heard about the hospital being blown up. And then the president of uh, Palestine, Mahmoud Abbas, canceled a face-to-face meeting with Joe Biden and the king of uh, Jordan canceled a face-to-face meeting with Joe Biden and some other Arab leaders. They'll talk on the phone But after the hospital was blown up, they suddenly decided, oh, we're not going to do this. We can't do this. So why is Joe there? It's my belief they were going to release the American hostages that Hamas is holding and Biden was going to fly him home. And that would have been a huge win, both for America, which is most important, and for those hostages and their families. That would have been a gigantic win. And I wish that would have happened. But it, it would have been a big campaign win for Joe Biden, too. And if he was able to pull it off, I would have given him credit without a doubt. But the whole thing looks like it's a mess. We'll follow up on it today for tomorrow. We'll see what happens. There are other things happening as we're trying to get a Speaker of the House. And there will be some sort of vote around the middle of the day today, just like it was yesterday. I think it's a 50-50 shot. Jim Jordan, 50-50 shot. He could go down today or he could go up today. Nobody knows. And, and meanwhile, the Democrats are pushing, oh, Jim Jordan's an election denier. Jim Jordan's an election denier. Well, I'm old enough to remember back to 2017 when Hakeem Jeffries was talking about the illegitimacy of President Trump. Well, the overwhelming majority of Democrats that I work with understand that there's a cloud of illegitimacy that's hanging over the White House as a result of the possibility that there was improper or illegal collusion between the Trump campaign and Russia. But we have so a you special st- wait, prosecutor. So you a cloud of illegitimacy. Do you still think that this is an illegitimate, you think this is an illegitimate president? I didn't say that. What I, what I was okay. about to say is that we have a special prosecutor who's in place, Bob Mueller very well respected by Democrats and Republicans, people on the left and people on the right. We should allow that investigation to take shape and deal aggressively with the economic problems facing the American people. You know, this has always been a country that has rewarded 
hard work and those who play by the rules. But for far too many Americans, that fundamental contract has been broken. We recognize that. That's why the American people deserve a better deal. And Yeah, 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 sure. That was 2017. And then again in 2018, Hakeem Jeffries was back on CNN with Wolf Blitzer talking about illegitimate presidents and conspiracies with Russia. Campaign and into the administration, uh, and the evidence continues to mount uh, that there was an apparent conspiracy between some members of the Trump campaign and Russian spies to sell out our democracy and then engage in a possible cover-up. And Hope Hicks appears to be connected to all of those particular elements. That- Hope Hicks had just uh, resigned that day back in February of 2018. And again, Hakeem Jeffries spreading election denial, talking about conspiracies with Russia that have been debunked a year later in May of 2019. So we had 2017, 2018, 2019. This guy still pitching that Donald Trump is an illegitimate president because of Russia, Russia, Russia. Russia interfered with our election attacked our democracy for the sole purpose of artificially placing someone at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. They were successful. Uh, no. Your party created the dossier. Your party was behind so much of that Bravo Sierra, sir. But this is the guy who's out there and the media is only happy to lap up his statements claiming that Jim Jordan is an election denier. Meanwhile, he's over there with his uh, caucus marching in lockstep. And over in the Senate, there's, there's something going on over in the Senate, too. Senator Bob Menendez, who has been credibly accused of all kinds of uh, horrible things with the bribery, acting as a foreign agent, uh, his wife still in, uh, in serious hot water over a car wreck that got covered up that killed somebody. Yeah, there are all kinds of problems for Menendez, and uh, he was tied up with Egypt. And somebody wanted to know yesterday if Bob Menendez was going to be allowed to attend classified briefings on Israel and what's happening in the Middle East. Chuck Schumer at the mic. Should Senator Menendez be allowed to attend a classified briefing on Israel tomorrow? And do you still stand by your position that he should not resign? You're not going to He's not going to attend the briefing tomorrow. Yes. I don't get involved in private con- I've had private conversations. I don't get involved in what happened in them on this kind of thing. He's not attending. Next. Go ahead. They're trying to ask if he's still on the Foreign Relations Committee, and Schumer's just moving on. Next. Next. I'm moving on. So you've got the House trying to find a speaker. You've got the Senate trying to figure out whether the accused criminals like Bob Menendez, could stay in their positions. And then we've got the border, which appears to be a a bigger mess than we've known. And there are real problems with some of the people coming in across our southern border. It's not people, families from Guatemala, uh, looking to get a better life here in America. It sure feels like there could be cells, bad actors coming in through our southern border, This was yesterday with Griff Jenkins on Fox at Eagle Pass, Texas. 
And you can't overstate how concerned border officials are at the number of migrants that are coming from countries with ties to terrorism. And as you noted, Fox News confirming that since the fiscal year began, October 1st, more than 16,000 known gotaways entered. They were observed and seen, not brought into custody. We don't know who they are, where they're from, or why they're here. Let's take a look, a bird's eye view from the drone up in the sky. You can see in just this sector alone, in just this area, Sandra, since I've been on the ground, since last week, they have encountered and apprehended six Iranians, three Lebanese, one migrant from China, one from Egypt, and one from Saudi Arabia. Just in this area, just since I've been here. But because the agents are so busy processing the migrants that are giving themselves up, it's those known gotaways that have more than 60 miles of this wide open, unpatrolled, unsecured border. Yeah, unpatrolled, unsecured. And the latest polling shows the reason why the Biden administration may finally be jumping on board and saying, hey, we got to build some kind of a wall, even though they only want to build 20 miles of a wall. The latest polling shows that Americans are not just behind the wall. They're also behind Israel. So this administration is having to change course very quickly, very, very, very quickly. The border worries me greatly especially when we look at stories like there were 11 Middle Eastern migrants caught in one week coming across our border. And there was a twice-deported illegal from Honduras who's now charged with murder in Nashville. So there are myriad problems on our southern border. And this administration just keeps looking the other way. And what are they doing? Well, we got to get out there. We got to get Kamala out there and try and get her to sell our our re-election. So she's still on this uh, fight for our freedoms, uh, going to historically black colleges and universities and uh, laughing like a moron. So here's one thing I'm going to share about myself. I'm kind of a geek. (laughs) So to that extent, one of the things I love are Venn diagrams. Does she not know we've heard her say this idiotic thing over and over again? She just keeps saying it and keeps laughing about it. But they've got her out there pushing this diversity, equity, and inclusion nonsense. And then in the middle of these events, you have a professor, a a professor at a college, a Division I school in northern Arizona, stand up and baselessly accuse Israel and the United States of genocide. The question is long, but it's worth hearing. As a proud Chicano aspiring educator, I must ask a question that relates to the lives and experiences of my students. Now, he says aspiring educator, but he also says of my students. So maybe he's a teacher's aide. We don't know. But listen to his question or pitch here it's not really a question he's uh he's lobbying to get his point across this administration has continued to deport children and their families while simultaneously building the wall children continue to die at the wall because of this country's inhumane policies much like the policies crimes and committed funded against those in palestine And he gets a round of applause from the audience. But he's reading his whole presentation here. 
47 families in Gaza have been completely removed from the civil registry since the bombing began, meaning genocide. These families don't exist anymore. A UN school was bombed last week by Israel, killing 30 students. Now let's talk about the 31 Americans who were killed by Hamas. Let's talk about the Americans being held hostage, the 200 hostages that Hamas currently has or claims to have. I think many of them are already dead. But continue, sir. Continue with your hate speech, which the First Amendment allows you to say this stuff. It doesn't allow us to accept it as truth. And 11 U.N. staff just today. I know y'all saw the news. Today, Israel bombed the last Christian hospital. Nope, not true. That's not true. And yet no one's standing up and going, that's Bravo Sierra. In Gaza, killing over 500 doctors, children, and refugees. Nope, it's a lie. Propaganda. You know, my grandpa, Arnold Otero, who is in the audience today, told me one thing growing up as an educator, and that is that no one can ever take away your right to education. And so I ask you today, Madam Vice President Harris, as an educator, why take away the life of the children in Gaza and at the border, which ultimately takes away the fundamental right of education? Well, let's talk about all of that. Uh, you don't have a right to break the law and come into our country and then demand access to all of the things American citizens have. Try doing that in any other country on the planet, especially some of your beloved progressive countries. Try walking into Egypt. They don't want the Palestinians. Try walking into Jordan. They don't want the Palestinians. These people are ignorant. And we can't help them. We would love to. Uh, how ignorant are they? Uh, well, yesterday we saw the video that came out showing the NYU students who were ripping down posters of kidnapped Israelis. And uh, it turns out that Hafiza, Khalik, and Yasmin Dehimini have been identified. And I hope they're no longer students, uh, but apparently they still are. They should be considered hate crimes, what they did. Uh, both, uh, well, Yasmin has deleted both her Instagram and Twitter accounts. Her LinkedIn account is still live. Maybe we'll send her a hello today. She also had an internship with the Anti-Defamation League. Seriously? The Anti-Defamation League? It's frightening. It truly is. So many things I want to get to today. We will keep our eye on what's happening with the vote for the speakership. May have an update later because we're supposed to talk with Wendy Patrick, our attorney friend, about, uh, well, you know, what's going to happen to Donald Trump if he breaks the gag order? Could they really lock him up? He said he's willing to go to jail. Are they going to have to make an entire wing available because Donald Trump has to have Secret Service protection? It's fascinating to me. This is another free speech story. And Alec Baldwin might end up going uh, back to the courthouse because there's talk of charging him with some new charges as well. We will see what that happens there. 
But we also need some inspiration. So I reached out to our friend Jim Stovall of the Winner's Wisdom column, and he has a great column this week. Jim Stovall joins us next on the Pure Opelka podcast. Jim Stovall is back, and that makes me happy. Our buddy Jim Stovall is an author of more than 50 books. He also had five of them made into movies, probably a few more coming on the way. He's the guy behind the Narrative Television Network, and every week, Jim writes the Winner's Wisdom column, and then we discuss that column. This week's column title, Cash is King, caught my attention uh, with uh, a couple of lines in the column I want to ask Jim about, but let's just get into it. Welcome, Jim Stovall. Well, it's great to be with you. I wanted to talk about cash being king because... uh, you know, when I remember when I was a little kid, I would go with my grandfather, and he went to this wonderful independent hardware store. And over the cash register, the guy had a sign, and it said, "In God we trust; everyone else pays cash." And and it was just, you know, you you know, you paid as you went. There was no other way to do it, uh, you know, for the greatest generation. Well, now we live in a world where the number one thing that's marketed to us, all the advertising, the commercials, all the pop-ups, everything else, more than cars, more than soft drinks, more than fast food, more than anything else, the number one category of advertising is debt. People are selling us credit cards and all these things, and it's just, it is staggering what debt does to you. And, uh, you know, there are so many advantages to getting out of debt. And, and uh, you know, I was just reading uh, some government statistics. You know, one in five Americans, one in five, listening to us right now, has $30,000 or more in credit card debt. The average bank card is 22% interest. Now, if you're one of those people, or even if you don't have quite that much debt, I want you to think about something. 22% interest. You can go out this week and make one change. There's a credit union somewhere in your community that you can join, and the average credit card uh, at at a credit union, the percentage rate is 12%. That's 10% different, guaranteed. If you have that one in five, if you have $30,000, that's $250 a month. Just the difference in making that switch to transfer your balance from your bank card to a card issued by a credit union. And it's an amazing difference. And at 250 bucks a month, you can uh, wipe out some of your debt fairly quickly. So, uh, you know, it's just a great opportunity to make one little change, and it's you know it, it could uh, start the uh, inertia going your way. That's such an amazing statistic, Jim. And I'm a big fan of credit unions. I'm a member of the Pentagon Federal Credit Union for almost 20 years now. And uh, Jim is right. You get better rates. You get better service in many cases. More personalized if it's local. But the most important thing is you start eliminating debt. Now, the worst thing anybody could do is do what Jim just said, transfer the money to a credit union, and then start running up the debt on the card that you just transferred it from. That defeats the entire purpose of this lesson. But, Jim, we're at a point, and I was just talking to a Heritage Fund, uh, a Heritage Foundation economist who said, our national credit card debt is staggering over one trillion dollars and there are a huge portion of the population who are currently using their credit card debt to buy their groceries at the grocery store not just their gas at the gas station but groceries at the grocery store that's got to be a recipe for disaster 
Yeah, we, we had a housing crisis in 2008, and then we are currently experiencing a, uh, a college debt crisis, a student loan debt crisis uh, that, that's going to come back and bite us. And then this looming credit card thing is massive out there. And the problem with it is the interest rate is so much higher. So it rolls over. It's like an avalanche rolling over on you so much quicker. And it's so insidious the way it works. It, it's just so easy to throw down a credit card. And you, you don't spend like real cash. The, the fast food industry did an, a survey. People spend 46% more money at fast food if they're using a credit card than paying cash. Wow. Oh, yeah, supersize me, double fry, and I'll take the pie. You know, because it's it's not real money to you. But when you got to reach in your pocket and and turn loose of some of those bills, that, that it's just a different mentality. And and you know, there's just so much great that happens when you're out of debt. Um, I have not been in debt in forty years, and uh, and several things in my business. I I rent a building where our studios are for narrative television. And every year, I mean, my my rate per square foot is half what anybody else's is in that area because every year I go into the landlord and I say, look, I'm prepared to pay you cash right now for the whole year in advance. And I get 18 20% off. Well, that's just like getting a 20% return on your money. I don't know anywhere else you could do that. And when our bills come in, I don't have a big pile, and we put them over there, and once a month we pay the bills. Uh, the, the young ladies, we, we sign off, of, but we pay them every day. The day they come in, they go out. And when you need a product or service from one of your vendors, who do you think they take care of? I mean, they know who I am. I'm the guy. I'm, your, I'm the first check you get every month, <laughs> and they know that. And it makes a huge, huge difference. And the cash is amazing. But the biggest thing, the biggest thing getting out of debt and having an emergency fund will do is just peace of mind, a good night's sleep. Every time the car starts making a weird noise or the refrigerator starts squeaking or the roof starts leaking, it, it's a nuisance. It's not a tragedy anymore. It's just, okay, call somebody and fix it. You know, it, it's just not that big a deal. And you take all these minor nuisances that used to be just total calamity now you said something jim uh just a few minutes ago about you really haven't put anything on credit or bought anything with credit in 40 years and that that four decades of not having the pressure of having to pay back debt is it's so amazing and so liberating but it you didn't get there right away did you no, no, we had, uh, well, you know, it was interesting. It, it, this was interesting. I mean, I graduated from college in the early 80s. Crystal and I got married. We, I, I, drove, I used to say we were poor, but I realized you know, we, we weren't poor. Poor people can't get that far in debt. I don't know what we were because <laughs> I had developed some real estate, and I owed a ton of money. And back then, it was hard to get a credit card. It's, it, it's, it's difficult for people today to imagine because you get them in your box, mailbox every day and all you got to do is sign the thing you got a credit card but back then you had to apply and all this my father i mean i was in my mid to late 20s and my father had to sign for me to have a credit card you know with a thousand dollar limit on it that's how bad it was but it was hard to get a credit card in those days now it's just become so easy to get a credit card and i, I when i say we haven't had debt we use our credit cards i mean uh you know, I travel, I use the credit card. We just pay it in full every month, and at least two or three times a year, we take a trip somewhere, 
and it's all paid for by you know points on these credit cards i mean it's a wonderful thing and that's paid for unfortunately by uh, people that are carrying debt they pay for crystal and i to have a free trip and while we appreciate it i would love to see everyone get out of debt it is a vital issue for everybody's life that nobody likes to talk about one of the biggest causes of relationships splitting up is financial troubles and if you can get yourself out of debt or on the road to being out of debt everything in your life gets just a little bit easier it doesn't magically flip overnight but it gets there and you're on that road and all it takes is a little bit of discipline. All it takes is a little bit of planning. All it takes is saying, I'm only going to spend what I have in my pocket today when I'm going out to a lunch or coffee or whatever. And the other side of that, that I would encourage people, try and use cash in your local small business purchases because not only are you getting hammered with fees for using your credit cards, all of your local businesses, the small business operators, get hit with fees whenever they use electronic payments. So you will be helping your local businesses as well as yourself by trying to rely on cash. Cash is not just king. Cash is uh, building our economies as we go forward. Jim, I love this one. Absolutely love this one. I, I am uh, virtually debt-free except for mortgages. Uh, but the, the freedom is un, unbelievable, people. And uh, I encourage you, read the whole column. Go to jimstovel.com, get it in your inbox. It's free. You know, you don't even have to put any cash down on it. And then uh, we talk about Jim's column every week. Jim Stovall, again, a brilliant one. Thank you, my friend. 